Hi, everybody. Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast that's all about the intersection between yoga and body acceptance. Today, my guest is the lovely and delightful Rachel Cole. Rachel is a hunger whisperer. Has anybody called you that? It just came to yes. me. I figured. <laughs> uh, so if you don't know what that means, you're going to find out during our conversation. I have had the pleasure of spending time with Rachel in person, as well as co-teaching a retreat with her called Wise Body, Wise Hungers that we'll talk more about later. Rachel is a certified life coach who also has a master's degree in holistic health education. She's also a truly incredible teacher and retreat leader. She holds space and guides with gentle fierceness. I think she is a force. <laughs> Whenever Rachel and I talk, I feel just really seen. Um, she's very present in her body and life, and I feel like you can't help but pick up inspiration for your own life whenever you read anything from her wonderful blog or learn from her in-person teaching. So I'm excited to have you here, Rachel. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate that. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So let's get right to it. I wanted to start by asking you a question that I've um, kind of enjoyed starting these podcasts with, which is what is your relationship like or what was your relationship like with your body as a young person? <sighs> It's hard to, to describe it as a relationship. Mm. Um, pretty distant and uncomfortable. Um, you know, I felt ill at ease in my body most of my childhood, if not all of my childhood. Um, in part, I wonder, because I didn't do any athletics, I wasn't part of any sports team, so I had no relationship to my body that had to do with what it could do or uh, how it felt in a positive way for movement. Yeah. So I always felt really um, uncoordinated and like I didn't know how to, you know, PE was like a, a, like a panic attack for me. In <laughs> Same, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I think, you know, the, during the time I grew up, there was a real strong push for fitness. I think like the presidential fitness, test or whatever was like really go, getting going in schools and um you know the magazine covers were it was a much more healthy fit idea um of what a woman should look like and I was not that and so I felt a lot of shame about that and um and I remember you know looking at my body in the mirror and seeing this like little belly and thinking that it shouldn't be there, like mm -hmm. that, that that was a that was something to be ashamed of. Um, so yeah, I had a really sort of distant and uncomfortable relationship with my body, mm. um, for sure. Yeah, and I think would you describe how you relate to your body now as a relationship? Yes. Yeah, I mean the way I sort of think about it is um, like. Our body is like our home, mm. and it was didn't feel good to live there when I was younger. I didn't know how to live there. I only, you know, so I right. did best to sort of stay in my head, um, and which you know you could consider like that the attic of the house or something. <laughs> right. And I would say that today I really practice inhabiting the whole house. Hmm. Is there any one thing that really shows you how far you've come and how you relate to your body? 
I would say two things. One is probably how little I think about it mm. in terms of like, I get to just live my life and have a really happy life and it's not an obsession and I'm not um, fretting about it when I get dressed in the morning or uh, yeah, it's just, it feels like it's, uh, um, living in its sort of proper place in my life, if that makes sense. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and two is just how good I feel naked. Mm, I love that. Like I feel so great. I feel like an adult woman who looks like a human being. Um, <laughs> but I feel beautiful and sexy and, um, you know, I'm, I, I, really sort of relate to my body like it's sacred ground um a lot of wars have been fought here Mm -hmm. and won and so I have a lot of reverence for what it's been through so at this point yeah and I guess the other piece that that feels really different to me these days is I don't feel like grippy around it like I don't feel like I need my body to stay a certain way like I really feel like I'm open to it changing on an hourly daily weekly yearly basis Mm -hmm. (laughs) which feels like I can breathe because it is going to change it's always changing and so um not needing to control it feels awesome yeah it sounds like you've freed up so much in your life time and resources and everything is that right yes yeah yeah I mean that took a while but yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) as I'm sitting here I have some of your wonderful well-fed woman art hanging over my desk it's perfect because every day I come to work I just see it right there Um, Mm -hmm. and one of them says what are you truly hungry for and I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what that question means to you That question is my spiritual practice. Mm. You know, my own path first took me through having to uh, explore and make peace with food. And really that, you know, the piece of my journey that had to do with food led me to really understanding that whatever I'm hungry for is a good and true hunger and worthy of being honored. Um, and once I got that, it's like this part of my brain or heart just opened up and I realized that my hungers for food were no different than my hungers for other things in life. Mm. And to be hungry for a grilled cheese sandwich and to be hungry for, um, affection or creativity or adventure, those hungers were all wise. And, and so Um, you know, I also, in my struggle with food, spent a lot of time trying to, um, feed myself with things that I wasn't really hungry for to avoid dealing with what I was really hungry for. Mm. So eating a lot of carrots, even though I was hungry for, you know, a grilled cheese sandwich or eating a lot of pizza, even though I was hungry for a hug, like a lot of hungers that didn't actually scratch the itch of what I was really hungry for. Mm -hmm. And so this question brings me back again and again to just getting really honest about what it is, knowing that it's my belief 
that whatever the answer to that question is, is wise and true and worthy. I know you've worked with hundreds of women around this question, and I'm wondering how often is food the doorway in? Is it something that sort of comes out sideways sometimes, like you were saying? Or how do people kind of figure out the food versus other hungers question? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple different ways. Um, with my one-on-one -on -one work with people, it ranges between 20 and 30% of my clients come to me specifically to explore their relationship with food. Mm. And other people come to me when they're unfulfilled in career or relationship or life or, you know, they've lost, they feel like they've lost themselves. They, they can't find themselves. And the lens that I approach all of that through is let's get in, let's get clear about what you're hungry for, come into relationship with that and explore taking action to feed that. Um, but it's, I've never seen a woman be able to have a relaxed, healthy relationship with her non-food hungers when she has a restrictive relationship with her food hungers. Mm. So if somebody comes to me and they're unfulfilled in their career and I discover that they are rigid with their food, it's no wonder that they're going to be rigid with other areas of their life and unable to sort of trust themselves. Um, so it, it's sort of, we can go in a lot of different doorways and some people come to me who really have already a positive, healthy, open, relaxed relationship with food, and we are just working on other stuff. Um, but uh, it's a mix. Mm. If people are just getting started thinking about this question, this is the first time maybe they've heard it or really wanted to dive in, what do you recommend as a good place to start? Yeah, I talk about this a lot. Um, and it's always a practice for me to try and stay in touch with that sort of beginner mindset mm. when I'm practicing this myself for so long. I don't know if you experience that as well in your teaching. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I found in my process was that I didn't want to acknowledge what I was hungry for because then I would have to do something about it and it felt either overwhelming or impossible. Mm, yeah. And so what I practice myself and what I teach is that to really give yourself full permission to acknowledge the hunger and do nothing about it. Um, I find that when we do that, our hunger is sort of clamor to the surface and are like, okay, so this is what we really want. When the pressure's off, it feels like clarity is much easier if, if we don't have to do something about it, especially, I feel like, in today's world. Um, we have so much on our plates. We're so busy, especially those of us uh, who might be moms and working and, like, to have to sort of think about how we're going to possibly feed this aching hunger for creativity. It's like, I don't have time for that. But it's a really powerful step just to begin to acknowledge either on the pages of a journal or to a friend or to yourself in quiet reflection. I think I'm really hungry for blah, blah, blah. Um, that, that act is quite powerful. Yeah. I like how you, for, when you sort of introduced the conversation, you've used the word practice. 
which is so relevant to people who practice yoga, obviously. And it feels like something you can just tuck in with every day. Yeah, multiple times a day if you want. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. me, it's sort of like a North Star or a compass, you know? It's the question, you know, what am I truly hungry for uh, is available to me at any moment. And certainly anytime I'm feeling lost or adrift, um, oftentimes I'll have my own agenda, like I, the way that I think life should be going. And if I'm finding resistance to that, it's usually because I'm going against a true hunger. So um, I might be like, you know, trying to make a, a work project happen and it's not going and it's not going. And if I stop to say, what are you truly hungry for? I might hear, I'm really hungry to rest. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, well, I've been fighting you. <laughs> of course it's not working. Um, so that's just an example, but yes, it's a daily hour by hour practice if I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could you walk us through a little bit of a day where you use the practice? Sure. Um, so it depends on how, in, you know, actively engaged I want it to be. It's pretty ingrained for me, but um, if I'm feeling particularly, particularly like I'm meeting, I'm getting them to get back in touch with that. I would even say like starting the night before the day is really important where I will journal um, what fed me today, what didn't feed me today, and what do I need tomorrow to be well fed. So sort of doing some pre-planning and reflection. Um, and even, you know, I'm interested in sort of the things that I thought would feed me that didn't, you know, maybe I thought that going to a social engagement would feed me and it ended up draining me, just starting to tune in to those things. And then um, in terms of, you know, eating, I'm a pretty intuitive eater, so I don't think about it a lot, but if I get super conscious, just checking in, what would feel good? What would taste good? What would bring you the most enjoyment right now? And I can do that uh, throughout the day. Um, And over time, you know, we tend to figure out, oh, I noticed that I get really hungry for a nap around one o'clock. Okay, well, then I can sort of build build that into my life. Or I notice that I get really hungry for some time in nature if I don't get it every week. Um, So... A little bit, it's not constantly uh, having to start from scratch every day. You can sort of notice patterns about yourself or what I would call like food groups that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a touchstone. And sometimes I, well, in my apartment, I have the question posted in various places. So sometimes it's just sort of passing by it and taking a moment to stop and breathe and check in. And for me, when I think about what I'm truly hungry for, it is something that when I think about it, it brings my body a sense of relaxation and pleasure. That's how I know that I've sort of hit on something that I'm hungry for. It's like, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really related to when you're talking about feeling the hungers. There's sometimes that I feel a hunger so viscerally that, and there's times where I'm like, oh, I don't have time to go outside for a walk or whatever. And if I don't feed it, it just gets stronger and I just keep trying to like stuff something else on top of it. 
And I see that sometimes for people with yoga, two ways. One, that they are hungry to practice and they don't. Or two, that they're hungry for something else entirely and they try to be like, I'm just going to do yoga instead because that's what I should be doing. I'm curious what you think about how people use things like that with their hunger. Absolutely. I see both of those things in my own life all the time and in, in my clients' lives. Um, that's the thing about a hunger is it probably won't go away unless you feed it. But if you feed it, it'll go away really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we have to be really careful in our lives about, you know, shoulds. Yeah. So many of us are living as slaves to what we should be doing. Um, and this practice of living via guidance of our hungers is all about living from a place of want and desire and letting that lead you instead of should an obligation. So, you know, two people can be practicing yoga, but one of them can be there out of want and desire, and one of them can be there out of guilt and obligation, and those practices are really different. Um, What would help a person discern between the two? Well, I often sort of ask, you know, if you could do no wrong if you could hurt no one's feelings, if nobody would judge you, if nobody would find out, and you could just do what you totally wanted to do, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And usually it bubbles right to the surface. Oh, if I could do what I really wanted to do, I would go to the movies by myself and have popcorn. Oh, so you wouldn't be practicing yoga for three hours in the afternoon. No, I I would still be practicing yoga, but probably not as much, and I might stop going to this class where I don't really like the teacher, and, like, the nuance of people's preferences comes to the surface, and it's like, well, why have you been trying to override your desires? Go to the movies, get some popcorn. Um, So, yeah, it's about learning to, to lead from desire, getting clear about, am I living in a way that's just about impressing other people or feeling like I'm being quote good or doing the right thing or keeping up appearances um just checking in on on that and how how would you see yoga yoga as a tool for connecting with your hungers and starting to learn what they are yoga is one of the best tools in supporting this practice because it really brings us into awareness and into non-judgmental awareness, just really open receptivity to what is right here and now and out of our heads and into our bodies. And um, being a well-fed woman is entirely, I think you used the word visceral earlier, but it's a, it's a body-based uh, practice. It's about tuning in to what you need, when you need it, in what quantity you need it and, you know, stopping when you've had enough and continuing when you haven't had enough. And all of those things are, are all of the information we need is not going to be found in our head. It's going to be found in our body. And in fact, our head is probably part that's gotten in the way. (laughs) Um, if we're finding ourselves hungry. So yoga is like, the best friend 
of this practice. Yeah, it kind yeah. of gives yeah. the like support it's, for the tools, it feels like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I've watched the way that you teach and, you know, to have people realize that um, yoga is about feeling good, that it's about their body feeling good. And just that practice of, of learning how to be inside your body and then make adjustments that are supportive is really mirrors what it's like to feed our members, right? It's really being in our body and then making, uh, taking small actions that are supportive, that bring us more into alignment with ourselves, that, um, yeah, that are they're tailored to us and not what, um, not what we should be doing. Right. Right. So we're so, obviously going to be talking about and practicing all of this and more at our upcoming retreat that I'm so excited about. I can't wait to see you. Um, could you tell folks a little bit more about the retreat? Yes. So uh, I reached out to you, I don't know, was it like the fall of 2012 or something? That sounds That's right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, we have to work together. Our work is so uh, symbiotic and or complimentary and um you thankfully didn't think I was crazy <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad you did and we just set out to create what we thought would be um a supportive offering for our students mm-hmm. and it was I think it blew both of us away the first one we did last year it was it was uh, pretty magical mm-hmm. so back to do it again so uh, Wise Body, Wise Hungers is going to be, it's Labor Day weekend, 2014. Um, it's about an hour and 45 minutes south of San Francisco at Mount Madonna Center. Um, and it's going to be a weekend where we have a spacious time to learn from you and do yoga. Um, I'll be doing some work around uh, hungers. And then there'll be time to just relax. And, uh, and just be and connect with the fellow um, retreat attendees. Um, it's really an opportunity for deep, deep self-care and for transforming how we are inhibiting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really I see it as an opportunity to, to practice and live what we've just been talking about. How do you connect with your body? What does that really mean? What does actually feel good in my body? How do I answer the question? What do I truly hunger for? And then people get to be there in that over the weekend and then also take it home with them. I'm just so excited to do it again this year. Yeah, and I think it's also this chance to get these teachings really custom tailored. Yeah. Because I've seen, you know, everybody who comes gets your one-on-one attention about what's going on in their body or their yoga practice. And same, if people have you know, really specific questions about hungers that are going on in their life, they've got access to, to me to really sit down with and connect and get supported. And so, um, yeah, it's a pretty incredible opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think and last year for sure, and I'm sure this is going to happen again, people learned so much and so did I from each other. 
and just yeah, hearing just, what's it like to like, live this practice for you. I think, I think I said last year, there's no duds. <laughs> That's right. So I said that, yeah, it was a pretty amazing group, and I imagine that um, these teachings tend to attract uh, just beautiful souls. Um, so, yeah, it was a great group, and I learned a lot from the attendees, and, and it's fun to see that they're still in touch with each other and um, yeah. Yeah, supporting each other. Well, I can't well, wait, and anyone who's listening, you're very welcome to join us. We'll include a link. So you can learn more and hopefully sign on up and meet us on Labor Day. Rachel, is there anything else you would like to share before we wrap up? I think just this week I've just been, like, what's been going through my head is, like, it's possible. I just want, I just encounter so many people that wonder if they could ever feel good in this body that they're in or ever feel at peace with food or with their larger desires. And... Um, as living proof of that and surrounded by colleagues who are living proof of that, I just want to say it's possible um, with the right support. It's definitely possible. Mm, thank you for wrapping us on that hopeful note. Well, thank you for being here, Rachel. I really appreciate you sharing. We'll be including links to all your info as well so people can get in touch with you and um, read your inspirational blog and stay up with all you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.